This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The Dispossessed. A Glisten Plus production. Episode 5. General Hospital, General Hospital, this is Medicine. Why are they putting him in the ambulance if he's already dead? I don't know, Jake. That's just what they do. I want to live someplace else. Me too. Brandon's tent was open across the street. I could see him inside. His dad had his arm wrapped around him. He was crying. He hadn't even changed yet. Alvin's blood still on his shirt. I wish I knew what to say. After my dad, I should have been the person with all the right words, but, you know, I'm not too good at that stuff. How are you guys doing? Not so good. You still want to go into school? I can call off from work. You can stay home if you want. She called this place home. What do you want to do, Lainey? Uh, if you're not in the mood to go in... Normally I would have jumped on an opportunity like this, but today, I needed to go to school. Or at least seem like I was. I'm, uh, I'm okay. I have a test in bio. Man! You can stay if you want, Jakey. No, that's okay. I can go too. Before we left the park, I looked back at Brandon. He met my eyes and looked away. For my plan to work, I'd have to do a bit of acting and pull off some good timing. You positive you can handle the day? They're required to give you a makeup exam if you have a valid reason to- I'm sure. Love you. Love you too. My mom hugged me a little harder than normal. I think she didn't want us to go to school. Like today, she needed us near. I felt bad leaving her flying solo, but I needed answers that couldn't wait. I gently pulled away from her hug and gave her hand a squeeze. I love you so much. She smiled and I could see she was fighting back tears. She just nodded instead. Made me feel all the worse for lying to her. I walked toward the school with a wave of students, burying myself in the crowd. I looked back to see that my mom's car hadn't moved yet. She was on her phone, just sitting there, Go, of all the days for her to linger. The city bus left in less than 10 minutes and I was moving closer and closer to the door. I was afraid Aaron was gonna spot me any second and yank me in. I looked back. My mom had pulled from the curb and was halfway down the block, finally. I pushed myself out of the crowd and ran. I had to make it five blocks in seven minutes. Mary Ann Bertram was a resident of an assisted living facility on the other side of town. That dream I had. I needed to know what was real and what had happened to her sister. She's the only one who would have answers. I made it. 
Barely. Does this go to Gross Point? Every day. Five times a day. I'd only taken the city bus a couple of times before, and both of those were with my parents. My mom always liked Little Shop of Horrors. I mean, she liked all musicals, but especially that one. A few years ago, a school a bit out of town was putting on a production, but our car was broken and we didn't have the money to fix it. Dad surprised us with tickets, though, and we took the bus there. Had a whole night out. The show was even pretty good. Maybe we'll go to another show one of these days. The assisted living center Marianne was supposedly living in was just outside the main stretch of the town of Gross Point. It was a lot nicer than where we lived, and used to live, to be honest. Not far from nice shops and restaurants and cafes and all of that. Kind of like what they were trying to do around the park, I guess. I knew if I timed it right, I could get to the living center and back to school before mom picked me up. The bus dropped me off at the end of Main Street. It was like a postcard. Beautiful buildings and cars and everything a kid would have wanted to be around. The couple of houses I passed turned into well-kept lawns filled with trees. And once those cleared, I saw the center. Whoa. I didn't know what I expected, but this was not it. It was like a castle. Must be some rich-ass old people. It reminded me of... I don't know, like a cathedral or something. It was brick and tall with points all over the roof. The front door even had a little design carved in the wood and stained glass for a window. Nurse Robin to the front office. Nurse Robin to the front office. The facility was even nicer inside. Vaulted ceilings with chandeliers hanging. The kind that looked like real candles. There were paintings everywhere too landscapes, a couple were of the town. I was basically just spinning in place, taking it all in. Hi, can I help you? Um, hi, yes, hello. Uh, I'm here to see my, uh, my grandma. Alrighty. Uh, what's her name? Marianne. Surname? Shit. I never checked if she got married or something. The jig could already be up, Lainey, you idiot. As in her last name? Oh, right. Uh... Bertram. Okay, one sec. Please, Lord, let this work. I'm not seeing any scheduled visits for Mrs. Bertram today. Oh, um, my mom usually handles that stuff. I didn't know I had to call ahead. Right, it's just with dementia patients we like to have a heads up. Dementia patients? The secretary stared at me. Or, right, yeah, sorry. Um, sometimes it's just like I see her how I did when I was little, you know? Is... is there any way I could still see her? <sighs> yes, I won't ruin your plans. It's too rare our residents get visitors at all, let alone from their grandchildren. Just make sure to call in the future, okay? Okay, yeah, sorry. I couldn't believe that worked. She directed me down a hallway on the first floor, through a series of locked doors. No way anyone could simply wander out. This wing looked totally different from the rest of the building. It felt like a hospital, bare and sterile. Besides a few nurses, everyone was in their rooms. 
sitting in front of their TVs watching infomercials or old sitcoms. Johnson, Elliot, Clinton. Outside each door was a placard with the patient's name on it. It felt like the hall just kept going and going and going. And then I saw the name, Bircham. The door was already open like the others. Here we go. Hello? Miss Bircham? I stepped inside and peeked around the corner, deeper into the room. Miss Bircham? Empty. I turned around and stepped back out into the hallway, looked both ways. I could see at the very end that there was some sort of common area, couches and a TV. A woman was sitting alone. The woman was looking away from me, just watching a blank screen. Her hair was light gray and curly, cropped tight. She was pale too, like translucent skin pale, ghostly. <clears throat> Miss Bircham? She didn't react, too distracted by the black screen. Marianne? Hmm? Hi. Hello. She smiled at me. Her teeth were stained. It looked like it was from tea, like my grandma. They reminded me of the ivory of an old piano. That strange, aged tan. Do you need something, dear? No, um, do you mind if I join you? Of course not. Just watching Barney Miller. My sister and I used to watch it when we were young. One of my favorites. She pointed to the screen with a crooked finger. Beyond the foggy eyes and deep wrinkles was the smile of a younger woman. I think I live near where you used to live. Oh yeah? Which room? Her attention was already back on the TV, <laughs> pointing and laughing. Oh my dear. Near Bircham Park? Oh, the park, yes. You know, before it was named in memory of my sister, it was called um, C City Park. I don't know if you heard. They knocked your old house down. Marianne suddenly snapped to attention, woken from a year's long slumber. No, they can't do that. My sister is in there. She's still alive? The old lady cocked back her head and began to laugh and cry and laugh again. <laughs> Eleanor, she, she was always in her room. She never wanted to leave the house. Then she got sick, turned pale, a ghastly shade of gray. That's horrible. Her heart, it stopped when I was 12 but she is still in that house. She never wanted to leave when she was breathing. So my parents felt like it would be a sin to lay her to rest anywhere else. They buried her in the house? And have her rot in the dirt? No. They mixed her ashes into a can of paint. And then they got out their brushes and slapped on a new coat of my sister. She's in every room, every wall, even the ceiling. That house is Eleanor. Your house is gone. 
Then where is my sister living now? I didn't know what to tell her. Then the fog was washing back over her eyes. She looked at me. Do you know when dinner is? I'm not sure. Well, I thought all the nurses knew. Oh, I'm not. Marianne looked back to the TV and pointed at the blank screen. Oh, this is my favorite part. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Cars were already out front by the time I got back to school. How was your day? It was good. I hated how easy that lie slipped out. My mom waved towards my window as I turned to look out. Aaron was leaning down, staring in. She waved at my mom. Hi, Miss Caston. My mom waved back. Hey. Hey, where were you today? Couldn't find you anywhere. Uh, yeah, you know, test went long. I tried to hide my panic, as subtly as I could. I gave her a please shut up now look. Oh, right. I couldn't tell if Aaron knew to let it go or actually thought I had a test, but either way she moved on, though not really where I wanted her to. I got the cutest dress. I want to show you a picture. But at the same time, I think I'd rather surprise you when we get there. I haven't even told Josh yet. But I guess I probably should, so he can get a matching tie. So I guess I can just tell him the color? Uh, but then what if he messes All up right, the type of gotta thing? gotta go, Aaron. Like, like he gets magenta or something. Bye, Aaron. That would be so embarrassing. Bye. Oh, okay, see you tomorrow. I could feel my mom's stare burning into the back of my head. She started driving, and I slowly turned to look at her. So you and Aaron have plans for prom? I want to go to prom. Honestly, I had totally forgot about prom. And not having a dress. I... um... Come on, Lainey, pull yourself together. For once in your life, talk normal. I mean, no, not, um, yes, but not, like, (laughs) My mom's eyes went wide. She was onto me. Did somebody ask you? Well... I blushed. Lainey has a boyfriend. Lainey has a boyfriend. (laughs) What's his name? Ian. Lainey likes Ian. Lainey likes Ian. Shut it. (laughs) My mom was smiling. And then I could see a thought go through her head. The smile faded. You need a dress. She looked at me. And I looked down into my lap. Why didn't you tell me? Lainey. I just... I thought I would figure it out. I could see my mom's shoulders slump. You didn't think I could afford to get you one. I thought about lying, but what was the point? I just didn't want to make things harder. You know a situation is uncomfortable when even Jake is quiet. I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? I've let you down. You and your brother. (sighs) 
Laney, I wish I could bring you to the store and buy you a new dress. Something beautiful and special that you picked out for yourself. But I can't. Mom, it's okay. It's not... I will get you a dress, Laney. We were at a stoplight, and we looked at each other. I'm your mom. That's what I do. You don't need to protect me from anything. That's my job. Not yours. Okay? Okay. It was an unusually warm evening, and when we got back, it seemed like everyone was in good spirits. My fellow residents of Hopeless Street stood outside their tents and cars, sharing food and talking about their lives before the streets. Mom walked around to the back of the car and popped the trunk. Should be in here. There were only a few boxes Mom brought with us from the house. She said they were stuffed with memories. The truth is, we didn't have room for them, but she said that there was always a space for memories. From beneath a pile of dirty laundry, Mom pulled out a long box. She opened the box slowly and carefully, like she was scared something would fly out and never come back. Her fingers tunneled down to the bottom. Yep, I think this is it. My mom pulled out a long plastic garment bag. She gently unzipped it. Even in the dim light, I could see the green sequins sparkle. It was a dress, emerald green, with thin spaghetti straps and a scoop neck. I wore this on one of your dad's and my first dates. She admired it for a moment and then handed it to me. It was beautiful. I... I can wear this? To prom? I've been saving it for a moment like this. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was perfect. Oh, whoa. It was a big hug, I'll admit. And that's coming from someone who's not much of a hugger. I was happy. I had forgotten what it felt like. Thank you, Mom. We held each other for a moment. And then I broke away. Can I go try it on? (laughs) Of course. Go. I was smiling so hard, I lost feeling in my cheeks. I hurried from the car, long strides along the sidewalk. For obvious reasons, I dreaded going to the park restroom. But right now, I didn't care. Fear could wait until after I found out if this dress fit. Which is why, of course, it came back now. I looked into a triangle of pines not that far from the street. A figure stood there. Hello? The figure stepped forward. The distant light from the street reflected off its peeling, bone-white skin. It opened its mouth, exposing the rows of nails that served as teeth. A bit of paint chipped from the creature's eye socket, revealing a darting pupil. Then the creature was on me. Its hand grabbed my neck, each finger squeezing, piercing. I struggled to get it off me, tearing at the hand around my neck. A pair of headlights came from the street as a car approached, and suddenly, The creature was gone. I looked down at the green fabric in my hands. I had forgotten where I had been headed. To change into my prom dress. 
The headlights shined brightly on me as the car pulled to a stop. <laughs> I was in a daze, stumbling around. Hundreds of thin wood splinters were embedded in my skin. I was trying to catch my breath. Get help! A ghost is attacking me! <laughs> But the car just pulled away, leaving me in the dark again. I was part of the forgotten and the ignored. I was trash. I was street. But at least I was alive. The Dispossessed, starring Sidney Sepulveda as Lainey, Sissy Jones as Ashley, Grady Lisby as Jake, Malcolm Brown as Brandon, and Emily Hahn as Aaron. Written by Tyler Clifton, story by and directed by Adam J. Epstein, executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein, edited and mixed by Todd Donald. Additional voices by Jeff Shine, Scott Pete, Jason Kelly, Olive Epstein, and Jack Stepanek. The Dispossessed is a Glisten Plus production. <laughs> <laughs>